Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of Open World. Today hey. with us, we have Sebastián Erasmi. Hi Sebastián, how are you? Hi, uh, I'm great. Uh, thanks for having me. How are you? Hey, good. I mean, it's Friday, uh, so I'm excited. I'm looking forward for the weekend. Um, we are very, very happy to have you uh, in this episode because we want to learn more about your career and how uh, you came to work to, with, with one of the largest uh, AAA publishers uh, nowadays, that is Ubisoft. Uh, but we want to start with the beginning. Um, what motivated you to become a translator and what led you to video games specifically? Well, um, when I was in school, I wasn't exactly the best in all the science-y subjects, uh, but I did pretty well with languages. Uh, I went to a German school, so I, I, I speak uh, German in my family. My father is German. So um, in that school, when you had Spanish and German from the beginning, since I was spoken to in that language uh, at home, uh, it wasn't that hard to learn English. So I always did uh, well with those. And um, like, I since it was the only thing I could do well, I kind of focused on that. And I thought, okay, this should be something I'll use for my future. So when it came to studying, I tried um, to do that. So at first I tried with uh, to be an English teacher, but it didn't go that well. I was great with, the, with English, but, you know, all the teaching uh, was a bit too much. Uh, it wasn't for me. So then I tried something else entirely. I tried to, to become a lawyer. And then I realized I don't have any memory capabilities when it comes to law articles, although I can, you know, name Pokemon, many of them, but, you know, <laughs> it has to be something I actually like in order to memorize it. Please. Selective, there selective needs, memory. Yeah. You need to yeah. be motivated to keep all that information in store. <laughs> right? I know, like I have so much pop culture trivia that I can always remember, but that, <laughs> nope. So I, I quit and then I said, okay, there's one thing I always wanted to try and it's translation. And I went into the program and it was amazing. It was everything I, I dreamed of. It was just focusing on the language and it was something yeah. I could really, really do great. And, uh, well, I was an avid gamer since always. And, uh, I really loved RPGs. Uh, that's my favorite genre. So I, and you know, I was exposed to a lot of text, a lot of reading since I was a kid. So I kind of, like it improved my English over time. And then when it came, uh, when it was time to do my thesis, I decided to do a thesis on World of Warcraft because no one had done something with that. And I thought it would be interesting. And uh, it, I played World of Warcraft for more than a decade. And uh, I loved it. It was really, really fun. So I thought, okay, I'll do this. I'll analyze the, the localization of the names of the weapons and armor uh in in the in in the game and i i used the i compared the uh, localization for spanish in spain and for spanish in latin america because at some point uh they they switched at first latin america used the same localization for spain but then they got their own localization when legion dropped the the expansion so it was an interesting exercise to see how the localization paradigm had evolved and at first, uh, for Spain, it was always word by word, very literal. 
But then with Latin American localization, they started using transcreation and more, you know, uh, updated paradigms. So it was really fun. I really loved it. It was great. And it came out pretty nice. So, you know, I did the nerdiest possible thesis I could ever think of. And I'm so proud <laughs> of it. Hey, I, I, I mean, I'm so excited. And I, my next question was, uh, has it been published? Because, hey, we're all nerds about video <laughs> games and localization and languages, and in particular, Latin American Spanish. So I need to read that. <laughs> well, you know, it's on the university's webpage, so you can always have access to it. I'll send you the link if you want. It's, it's please, great. please. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, now, now th this, this, this is a question that actually, it, it, for every guest that we have that says that they play uh, World of Warcraft, we have to know if you play Horde of Alliance. I played Horde. I, I started Alliance because my friends were Alliance, but at some point, <laughs> at some point, I was just like, why am I doing this? I want to be Horde. Also, <laughs> I, I love Red, so it was obvious. And <laughs> it was a yeah, and I wanted to be pretty, so you know, I just rolled a mage, a blood of mage, and that was it. Nice. And since then, I play mages. I just love casters. So yeah. Nice, nice. So, um, so as we know that you work at Ubisoft, right, as a Latin American language specialist. Mm -hmm. But from a personal point of view, right, um, you talked you talked about your thesis that you used your video game, your favorite video game, to work on it. But what's the most exciting video game localization project that you have worked on, like on a professional level? Mm. <laughs> a good question. Um, one that was I, when I when I first started at Ubisoft, I started with um, the DLC for um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, the the Legacy <clears throat> of the Hidden Blade, and that was interesting. It wasn't for Latin America since it didn't have localization for Latin America. It was for right. Spain, but I can still do it right. I mean, I might not know slang, but a game like that is not using slang or no. not much of it because. It's set in ancient Greece. So, exactly. uh, yeah, so it was really fun. It was really exciting. And because also because of the relevance of the DLC, since it spoke of the origin. It's of the, the best hit. It's the best DLC of, of Odyssey, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. The, the origin of the Hidden Blade that's so iconic. With for the Darius. And everything. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was really, really cool. So it was really fun. to. That was basically my induction training, and it was lots of fun. Then I did the Division 2, and that was also great because I got into the project very early on. And uh, it was great. It was a great project. It was it had like a lot of budget, and the localization was really amazing. We had amazing voice actors. So for me, it was awesome because they had uh, voice actors we listened to in series and, you know, anime or whatever all the time. So... I was just hoping that they, they would have made some mistakes so I could just write new lines for them, right? And then they would have to be recorded. <laughs> so it happened and it was it was so cool. Like the guy that does, um, you know, James from Pokemon, El Guajolote Macias, is really great. And he was a famous, like a very important character in the division. And I wrote a line for him and I was like, this guy is reading my lines, I'm so proud. Then in, in Ghost Recon, we had the guy that does Vegeta and Dragon Ball. So I wrote oh some nice for him. God. So it's really, really cool when, when you actually see your script being recorded. Even though the translators see this all the time, I just fix what the translators didn't get right. But still, I get to do that sometimes. 
and it's so cool. So it was so exciting. And now we had uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising, and uh, it was a huge game. It was a new franchise for Ubisoft. No one expected it. It came out of nowhere. And uh, it was fun. It was really fun. It was a new type of game, a different uh, tone to it. It was more, it was funnier. And uh, it was exciting. Again, it was for Spain, but I was part of it. We were basically a huge Spanish team. We are four testers for Spain and two for Latin America, but we combined okay. into a giant six-man uh, team. And it was fun. It was really great. And it's, it's so satisfying to see your name in the credits when it comes out. It's just beautiful. You know, it makes your heart all warm and fuzzy. <laughs> Especially get... with... Oh, sorry, but I guess that, that you, you answered um, my next question was oh. that you enjoy the most about... Uh being a video game translator, the, the passion behind yeah, the, yeah, the pride you know. of being behind those projects, right? Yeah, it's great because unlike the translators who are never featured in the credits, we are actually in the credits and since we are Ubisoft employees, we are part of it, but translators right. only get a mention basically saying keyword studios, did the translation, and that's it. So that contributes to keeping translators invisible. And we always talk about that. No mm -hmm. one knows about the translators. No one knows who translated your windows or your smartphone, right? But someone did exactly. it, but we're always invisible. But in this case, we get visibility all the time. So we are so privileged that we're actually in the credits, yeah. even though people think we don't do much because the translators do all of it. We're just fixing whatever mistakes they couldn't get to because of context or whatever, since we actually see the game and they don't. So they translate blindly and we fix that. So they do most of the work, but we do fix some things which are pretty blatant. We are basically the last bastion of defense uh, between the game and the player. So it's a right. huge responsibility because there are countless errors that you can't even imagine that we have to fix. And it's not only translation errors, it's just a button that is too small for a translation that is too big or whatever. There are so many things to think about. So yeah. <laughs> it's amazing to see how how the the, the localization work uh, gets done inside such a beautiful game. So, I mean, I'm a I'm a big Assassin's Creed uh, fan, and the legacy of the Lost Blade, in particular, was amazing for me. I didn't finish the Atlantis one because, man, that DLC is long. It is. But now that we're talking video games, what would you say that is your favorite video game? Oh, uh, I'd say a first place would be, I think, Xenogears from uh, PlayStation 1. That's, nice. an, that's an oldie from Squaresoft. It's really, really dense. It has a very long and intricate story, and it had amazing characters. And you could ride mechas into battle, and you could, you know, fight with them, like pressing like a kick or a punch and doing techniques. Right. It was really, really fun. It was really, really good. And then it sprouted other um, RPGs like Sino Saga on the PS2 right. and Xenoblade yeah. Chronicles. So uh, they were really good. Uh, I really liked Sino Gears. It was I played it like three times and I loved it so much. Uh, also on the PS2, I really loved uh, Shimegami Tensei Nocturne. I love uh -huh. those RPGs. I love them because they're really dark. They're different. Have, they're all. Have you played the Persona Saga? 
I remember yeah, the first yeah. Persona I played was the number three for PlayStation Two. Me too. Me too. I actually played Persona Three and PlayStation and PlayStation Two and Persona Four. I haven't played Persona Five yet, and I really want to. Uh, so I really love Atlus games because of how they mm -hmm. are. The whole thing with the monsters, like the whole you get uh, monsters from all different religions and and myths yeah, it's and everything. very well made. It's great. It's great. And Nocturne was extremely dark. It actually scared me a bit when I was playing it and, <laughs> and how it devolves. Final Fantasy is always so hopeful and, you know, bright. And in the end, everything yeah. is great. Here it isn't. And I really, really <laughs> liked it. It was different. Uh, that was great. Oh, and uh, honorable mention for Snake Eater on uh, PlayStation 2, obviously, because it's just The honorable beautiful. mention. Love it. And that soundtrack, the soundtrack, uh, the bosses. Everything Sorrow, about that game, fear. Kojima is is just insane, and it was beautiful. It looked like a PS3 game. I don't know how he did it, but it's no. perfect. Oh my god! I'm playing Death Stranding now, and even though did it's you so finish weird, it, I adore did you it. Finish it? No, yet because I'm just building roads. I'm addicted to building roads. I don't okay. know. Okay, that, that, that game yeah, is just. It starts <laughs> slow, but uh... yeah, yeah. You need to put like yeah. at least 20, 30 hours to fully uh, enjoy it. Well, I love that strategy. I'm at 120 hours and I'm just not even close to anything because I, I'm just building roads. I just love the trip. I love delivering <laughs> packages. I should be an Amazon worker. I don't know. It's great. You, you just keep on keeping on, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, exactly. It's going to be 200 hours for me, I'm sure. It's just great. So, you know, I'm taking it slow, enjoying it. And well, besides gaming, yeah, sorry. Yeah, for, I, I yeah. was gonna say that I love that that you find time to play. Like yeah. one common denominator among many of our guests is that they have this busy lives and that they don't get enough time to play. And um, what's your secret? I mean, is there any recommendation? Because we ourselves are trying to play more. Um, often you know and sometimes it's hard <laughs> we need to put a calendar date to play i know i know and it's terrible in my case it's not like that because because of the nature of our work we're not translating yeah, we're just to. fixing games so if there's no game to fix we don't have to work basically so you know uh so we get <laughs> we get time to just play we might be at the office you're doing research right if you're playing well, games <laughs> it is, it's exactly that and that's not even a joke i mean uh yeah i know i do the same no, it's <laughs> literal we take yeah. it really seriously here hey we take <laughs> no, games and, seriously here. no and honestly like when i was doing ghost recon um what's it called oh i forgot uh breakpoint breakpoint mm -hmm. um when we always when you do achievements they're always they always have references to pop culture or to other games um so you have to be very aware of pop culture in order to understand references right mm -hmm. so when i was oh, yeah. doing when we were checking the achievements for that game there was one that was called simple geometry and uh no one understood where it was from but since i play overwatch a lot uh, I realized that that was a reference to Hanzo, one of the characters, because Hanzo used to have a a, a shot called he's, he has a bow and an arrow. He's an archer uh, called Scatter Arrow, and it would bounce. It would throw three arrows that bounced around, and then you could kill multiple people at the same time. So the achievement was say, it referenced that it said uh, if you get 
three kills with one shot of something specific. And it said simple geometry because Hanzo, when he did that, like the, the arrows would bounce around the room. He would say simple geometry as if he had basically calculated uh... how they would bounce to kill them, right? So <laughs> no one knew what that was. So what I did, because I knew immediately what it was because of the description, I booted up Overwatch. I changed the language to Latin American Spanish. I went into the game. I checked Hanzo's voice line and I checked how he said simple geometry, the translation they used for, it, <laughs> for that, uh, you know, for Latin America. And then I changed it. I changed the name of the achievement so it fit because it said geometria pura or something. And it wasn't that. So I fixed that. Um, so it's really important that you play a variety of games, that you watch a lot of movies, and you, that you're aware of the world, basically, because you're going to need this. So yeah, when I'm playing something else, I'm actually doing research. I mean, it did help me in this case. Oh, it yeah. also have in Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla. It also happened with uh, the Mjolnir achievement when you get the hammer. It it basically the the hammer and the whole Thor outfit, yeah, right? The achievement was called Worthy, um, and the translators for some reason did not get. I mean, it's referencing obviously Marvel's Thor, who was worthy to wield Mjolnir, right? Right. But they didn't get it, so they just translated it in a completely different way. So we changed it back so it would reference Marvel's Thor so people understood the reference. So it's really important that, you, that you're aware and that you consume as much media as you can so we can do this job right. We, we also wanted to know um, what are the, the main challenges that you face as a video game uh, translator and how does a day in a localization specialist look like? Well, um, I think the, the now the greatest challenge, and well, it's always the case, but now because of what's happening in the world is gender issues all the time because we inflect for gender, English doesn't. So the devs and whoever writes the script has no idea about what's gonna happen when you localize this. And then suddenly we have a line that's only referencing males. And then you have female characters. And then you're like, okay, what do we do here? We cannot duplicate lines. They because you know it would be complicated. You have to program that certain lines would trigger only with female characters. So that's complicated. So usually what we have to do is to neutralize the line so it doesn't have gender inflection. But that's not always easy because let's say it's the class of a character and it's called in in Spanish, uh, no, in English, doctor or medic, let's say, like in, in war, right? Medic. In Spanish, it would be medico. But that doesn't work because we also have medicas. So what do you right. do? And how do you find a neutral term that works in this case? In English, you have many. You can say postal worker instead of postman, right? But in Spanish, we don't have that many choices. So it's a struggle. And now we're trying to be more diverse in games and we're including, uh, you know, and recently Ubisoft announced that Rainbow Six is gonna have a transgender character. And uh, now uh, we might see uh, non-binary characters, for instance, and they might choose to refer to themselves with specific pronouns. So that's also gonna be a challenge since we don't have this neutral pronoun in Spanish. In, in English, they're, they're using they now, and it works. Uh, singular they has been a thing for a long time. It's not that unusual. You can say someone came and they left a package outside my house, and it's fine. But in right. Spanish, it doesn't work like that. 
So we're going to have to get like specific instructions on how to deal with this to know if we have to be very inclusive or not, if we're going to neutralize lines or not, like how far can we go? Can we use something that has been, you know, in, in the news lately, like uh, inclusive language using pronouns that don't exist, like aye or inflecting with an E? So we don't know. It's going to be a huge challenge. But it's uh, an interesting challenge, nonetheless, right? For sure, to be more for inclusive sure. for for gamers. That's very, very cool. It is. Yeah. It is great. We had and one joke. Mm, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say that in, in Immortals Phoenix Rising, there was a joke uh, regarding a non-binary character that was the son of Aphrodite and someone else. I don't remember. And... Um, Adonis, I think. And um, yeah, and they said that the, the the baby was gender neutral. And then the translators decided to use le niñe uh, instead of, you know, what would be accepted by normal grammatical rules. So we already have uh, a history. It's starting to happen. So we might do that again in the future. But then again, if you inflect the whole text with an E, it's going to be hard to read. So it's it's not easy. If it's a one-liner, like in that case, sure. So we don't know. But yeah, it's super interesting. It's going to be a huge challenge, and we'll see how it goes. And it's, I believe it's super important because um, as language is constantly evolving, and yes, we're still debating on what should we do in terms of, of gender neutrality and Spanish. And in other languages as well. Yeah. Um, but um, the, the first ones to set the example are, are going, I mean, that's at least what I think, that the first ones that set the example are going to um, be leading the change, you know, that we're looking for. So exactly. it's great that, yeah, it's scary. It's a great challenge. And it's, um, like you said, if you make a change and you implement it through all the content, it may not work, but at least yeah. baby steps to, to start exploring how um, communities and how gamers receive it, right? Because, of course, you also will have feedback on those choices. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see how it goes. We always uh, carry out surveys to know how uh, players... Um, think uh, about our translations and how it was for their language. So we'll see what they say and what they think. And uh, I think it's great. It's really important to be inclusive and to have representation. So uh, yeah, we will basically lead the change and this will help people justify using that kind of language in the future if they see it in popular media. So, yeah. you know, and that's how language changes by using it and by, you know, so I think it's going to happen and we'll see how we do it with the games. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's fun to think about and really scary, but it'll be cool. I think people will appreciate it in the end. Yeah, Definitely. But now, how does a day in your line of work, how, do, how does a day as a localization specialist look like? I'm guessing that you never get bored, right? But Oh, no. No, I don't think I've ever had a dull day since I got here to Romania. Um, I love going to work. Like many people say, going to work sucks. I want to sleep. Work is terrible. No, 
I, I go to work and I play video games all day. And I play video games that aren't even out before anyone else gets to do that. So it's really great. And also, we have this very diverse uh, office. Uh, we're 32 employees from different countries. So we get to have this whole language and cultural exchange at the office. And, yeah. uh, and also, um, our teams in Latin American, Spanish, and Spain are all comprised of translators because apparently it would just gravitate towards this in those countries. So, which is not always the case in other teams. So we have this huge, amazing brainstorming and debate going on every day, which is so enriching and so great. That's always what I loved about class at uni. So when we have an issue or we have a translation challenge, we will all just, you know, huddle around one PC and start throwing ideas out and trying to get to the best translation. Who will find the rule on the internet? Who will find the source to justify whatever? <laughs> so it's awesome. It's just lots of fun. And uh, yeah, we basically just sit on our PC all day, play the games on PlayStation, on Xbox, on whatever platform they ask us to, on PC, Stadia, Switch, uh, and now the newer generation consoles also. And uh, yeah, the time flies. It's, I don't know. I've never been stressed at work either since getting here. I don't know. It's just, it's great. You're living the dream. You're living the dream. Yeah. You're working uh, at Ubisoft. Come on. I yeah. Know. <laughs> I, I know every day I have to pinch myself when I think about it. I mean, it's so great. Everything, the company is so great. We're so well taken care of too. So I don't know. It's just beautiful. Your inner <laughs> child is very proud of you right now. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and I still don't know how I got this gig, but yeah. <laughs> well, but here's here's something that I didn't mention. I'm an English I'm an English teacher too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I I don't know if I told you this on our exchange first, but teaching wasn't my thing either. So when you when I read through your bio a little bit before you you joined us here, and when you were saying this. Uh, I could see myself like some parallelism, right, between me and yeah. mine. How one loves languages, one loves video games, but at some point in our childhood slash teenage years, it's pretty hard to conceive to join these two things together and make yeah. it your career, right? So the yeah. fact that we are doing something with video games and with languages, especially in Ubisoft, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's really hard, especially since we're from Latin America and there aren't any video game studios in Latin America. And usually when you're a translator, you will struggle. There are many translators. You will probably work a desk job just doing legal translation or something like that. It's really dull and boring. So thinking about this is kind of impossible. And just by sheer chance, I got this opportunity and I got out. I left my country and I came here to Europe and it's been crazy and I still don't believe it. And I'm so grateful. And uh, yeah, uh, I wish more people tried. And I think this is also that you show this is really important because for instance, we had one worker once who was from an external company from pole to win, just like keywords, you know, keywords, right? They do translations, but they also have testers and they send testers to companies when companies don't have their own testers. So Paul Twin did that, and they sent this uh, tester for Latin America who was just a student who was in Scotland. And with his student visa, he was working in Paul Twin 
and he got into this industry. Even though he he didn't mm -hmm. wanna, he's he was uh, uh, an older man who's a teacher. He didn't want to do this for a living, but he got a chance to do that. So maybe students with a student visa, if they manage to go study in Europe, they might have a chance to get into the industry because here in Europe, Latin American Spanish is very exotic. It's not something you will find everywhere. So you're actually valuable. So mm -hmm. if you get here somehow and you apply to those companies, you might get hired and they will need you. They like Latin American Spanish is really coveted. So and we have EA in Romania, we have um, Ubisoft, and in in UK there's Rockstar Games. Blizzard has their localization department. So if you go there, there there might be a chance to work, and you know, to get a chance. Yeah, I, I that's also something that we always like to to ask to our guests. Um, what advice would you give? Um, other than you know, looking for opportunities at this uh, big companies um, when you're starting, you at least here in Argentina, for example, we at uni we don't get enough information about the video game industry in particular. Yeah, yeah. And the same happened to me that back then, uh, video game localization wasn't a field where yeah. I could develop myself as a professional. Um, yeah. So, is there any advice that you would give to someone who's just starting and what? Yeah, having the conditions that we have nowadays, that we have more resources and uh, mm -hmm. access to more information, right? Things likely well, have changed. The first thing I would tell them is um, to get on Steam and to go to the forums for the um, user translations, you know, those amateur translations, because many indie games cannot afford translators, so they ask the community to translate for them. So that is amazing practice, because you will start translating games, even if you're not getting paid for it, it's experience. And what companies are looking for is experience in the field. So if then you want to apply to keywords or to poll to win or companies like that, they will look at your experience and they will see that you have worked on games and you might get hired. Actually, I have two friends who did that and I, and she one of them recently got hired by uh, Keywords um, in Mexico. Yeah, and cool. she's working remotely. So you can do the job from wherever. So that's really amazing. So I have two friends who work at Keywords and uh, they got their experience like that. Just, of course, you're not gonna be fed by doing translations for free. So you're still gonna have to work, but in something else, right? But if you get the experience doing that, uh, you might open a lot of doors. Try to also apply to a lot of things. Uh, like one of the one of th these uh, friends I'm talking about is an interpreter, and he started just applying to stuff everywhere and never giving up. And eventually, they gave him a chance. He took it. He did really well. And, you know, now he's working, uh, like, he's really, really, like, he has been working for Keywords for a long time. He has an amazing position. He's making great money. And he hasn't left Chile. He doesn't have to leave Chile. He can live wherever he wants now. And he will always be working for Keywords. So that's amazing. So you can do that. Never, Don't give up. Don't think it's an impossible dream. You just have to try, keep trying, and uh, learn as much as you can. 
try to translate as many games as you can so you can get used to it because there are many things to consider like variables and all the things you will see in the game when they test you at keywords you will be asked to deal with variables for instance and if you mess those up they'll be like okay nope so uh you, that experience is really important and um and yeah it's totally doable you just have to believe in yourself and don't think that just because you're in south america there aren't any chances for you there are Love it. Thanks. That's uh, great advice. And I love that you mentioned indie uh, games as well, yeah. um, because I believe that that's also another chance uh, to gain visibility. Because sure. if you collaborate with an indie studio, they will also mention you and yeah. the titles because um that you will be part of the team as well so yeah 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 you you're part of the credits it's amazing it's really beautiful yeah yeah so for sure and also helping indie games and making the industry grow is always amazing Let, letting a game reach a wider audience is really cool it's basically what we study translation for right to build bridges uh from culture to culture so uh yeah like remember hades that came out last year and is one of a beautiful amazing game the whole amazing community game. It's yeah we insane. have a fan here yeah <laughs> yes it's insane fan of hades. It's I, I i don't i don't have many i don't have much time to play but i have like over 80 hours in that game i find the, the time it's it's amazing and the, and the community did the translation for that since they didn't have any budget for it so you know it wasn't mm -hmm. the best translation at first but it has been improving over time but that's how you make th that game is one of the best games i've ever played probably it's like yeah. so so beautiful yeah. uh so you can be part of that you can be part of a game that's part of history just by you know contributing so yeah lovely advice yes um well if uh it's okay with everyone and with marcos especially that he will be setting up everything uh we're gonna be moving to the meme section yay memes yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean what if is it... properly received in different cultures varies yeah if it has waifus it's gonna be it's gonna be making money so you know follow the mm. japan example yeah it's so true though we adapt so many jokes all the time so it's really 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 important so the target audience actually enjoys the game in immortals phoenix rising we added uh, a lot of uh like it wasn't me it wasn't my idea but there were some references to songs in english and in spanish they didn't make any sense so my colleagues from spain just added uh, reggaeton titles and songs that were really famous in spain <laughs> and then we had Zeus actually reading those titles out and it was so amazing <laughs> and so funny and then in the dlc there was a reference call. to that quest so that was basically canonized and included in the dlc so it was amazing so it's really important to do that yeah absolutely i mean i I really appreciate when um, studios or publishers do that because it, it shows that they actually care about their audience. Yeah, yeah. Also, I, I think in one game recently, we had uh, an achievement and we named it Compermisito uh, Dijo Monchito, referencing good old Chavo Of course, I mean, if we have a chance to add 
a reference that all Latin America will understand, it's probably gonna be from Chespirito. So of course, <laughs> mm -hmm. of course, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so much fun. It always works. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do you have any experience with server hosting? What's a server? Welcome to Ubisoft. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, welcome. <laughs> the Did truth we... there. Yeah. <laughs> that, this is a controversial one, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love that you brought this one. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just banter. It's fine. We can make fun of the company we work on. They have yeah, to work on I mean, the servers. So. What's the point otherwise, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. you have to have fun. <laughs> and it's constructive criticism. They There's they always room for improvement. Always. Of course, for sure. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh Make it score for a monkey riding a swordfish on the water creates transcendent piece of music. <laughs> Yes. yes, because if you've yes. ever played Donkey Kong, you know it's the most amazing OST ever. I mean, it's perfect. Everyone knows the songs. Everyone knows the underwater song, which is very yeah. chill and beautiful. Even today. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to add the, the, the music, this piece to, to this. Oh, section. yeah. Add it. it's We're going to add the, to the description. Yeah, 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 I mean, people have to experience that. Yeah, well, yeah, it's an old reference. It's true. We're old. Oh, boy. Uh, no. Seasoned. Seasoned. <laughs> <Decent. Exactly. laughs> um, I wow. love Mario. He looks so cute. <laughs> okay. I've seen this, like, Yoshi taking out taking out his nose too and stuff like that yeah these are, these are what nightmares are made of yeah who designed yeah. this i mean just don't let them what? take off the yoshi uh, hoodie. I mean, are they okay like <laughs> is mario I don't, okay i don't think so oh boy <laughs> and oh there it is what is oh, this yeah. one ali None of y'all know what propaganda actually is, do you? And then someone else replies, it's when a British person takes a good look at something. Now, I'm going to need an explanation for this one because my South American uh, brain can't comprehend this one. But well, I am like that. I am like that. I usually, I'm slow at memes sometimes. I, I, I love puns. I love pun memes. Uh, I've yeah. got a... I'd send more, but I was like, no, 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 no. It cannot be all puns. Um, so basically, again, like to take a gander is to take a look. Gander, so okay. The proper, take, I got like it. Gander, proper right? gander. Gander. Ah, so, oh my God, I can't get enough of these. I'm addicted to puns. I'm sorry, they're very cringe, but I love them so much. No, please don't ever be sorry. <laughs> I share uh, no. so many of them. Oof. Don't that and dad jokes. I'm a dad. I have a two year yeah. old, and it's oh. by it's biology. I mean, I became a dad, and suddenly I'm I'm all, I'm a fan of dad jokes. See, so, me yeah. too. I love them. I'm not a dad, but I love dad jokes. They're great. They're great. <laughs> so hi, dad. Captain, I'm the, I'm the Captain America meme is my one of my favorite. 
uh oh yeah 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 it's great it's really great hello 911 i am dying 911 let me see the guy says what what meme are you looking at no i'm literally dying 911 help me <laughs> 911 lmao tag me <laughs> <laughs> Will it come yeah, to that conversations ever? among millennials, right? <laughs> right? Right? That's beautiful. We're always dying. Like, it I'm can dying. Be, we're literally dying. I'm dead inside. I have no energy or I'm dying because this cracked me up or I'm yeah. like literally dying. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It's very nihilistic humor, but I love it. It's great. We need context again, yeah. <laughs> always. Yeah. And I believe that was the last one. Yeah. Mm. Sure. Those were great, Sarah. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> Fine. I mean, fresh memes, again, it's not easy. It was just the crop of the day. So I know. <laughs> I know it, it's a hard task, and yeah. we like to make our guests uh, work for us a little. Just a little. I mean, we like to know what makes you laugh, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, memes you share true. say a lot about who you are. And true. so thanks for sharing a bit of who you are with us. And um, also, if we, if we invite you back some other time, you're going to have to give us a fresh crop. So I, I will. That. I will. Yeah. I will find something. I'll send it like five days earlier. So they're very fresh yeah. memes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Freshness, freshness assured. Um, I had so much fun today. Uh, thank Same. you so much. For, me too. Thank you so for much for having this me. You happen. Um, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, see you thank next you time guys. in our next episode. Bye guys. Bye.